Salutations and mutilations. You're listening to Otherworldly Culture presents Dead On Movie Reviews. Tonight, we will present horror movie reviews and lively debate here on otherworldlyculture.com and on future select Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can join our live chat at that time by clicking on Live Shows link on the otherworldlyculture.com website. I'm your host, Tim Kretschmann, coming to you from the land of lakes and landfills, beautiful Muskego, Wisconsin. It's my honor to introduce the Faculty of Fear panel, who will be presenting tonight's lectures. Hailing from the Motor City, Detroit, Michael Cieslik is a lifetime reader and writer of horror, mystery, and speculative fiction. He has served as an officer in the Great Lakes Association of Horror Writers and is the editor of the Eerie Tales Anthologies. Michael is the editor-in-chief of Dragon's Roost Press, press, and his works have appeared in a number of collections, including DOA, Extreme Horror, Dead Science, Vicious Verses, and Reanimated Rhymes, and the collaborative steampunk novel Army of Brass. He is a kilt enthusiast, and he's killing it over at the dragonsroost.net. Hello, Michael. Hello there. Glad you could join us today. Our, our next panelist, The Meat, is on his way. Ladies and gentlemen, he's America's little sweetheart, the killer clown of getting down, the speedy freak that loves to speak and streak. He is smoking a stogie and eating a hoagie, stalking the small and the wild, and pulling down the burlesque with a quest. He is the only and the lonely Rich Dalzoto. Good evening. Thank you, Rich. Now, Tracy DeLeon was uh, scheduled to be on tonight. She had emergencies, so she will not be with us. But don't worry. We're bringing the heat tonight, so keep your ass in your seat, sharpen your pencil, and let's get unruly with the Faculty of Fear. And we're going to start things off. Michael, what have you been lucky enough to watch for this week's show? Oh, we're making the assumption that it was good fortune, and um, well, well, we'll see when the final grade is posted. Oh, okay. Um, breaking He's with building, tradition, I decided and to gentlemen, go with something. Hold on. He's building suspense, everybody. Just so <laughs> you know. All right, go ahead. I decided to break <laughs> with tradition and do something that uh, Tim could actually find photographs for because it was made this year, perhaps the most recent thing I've ever done. Uh, David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future with Viggo Mortensen. Wow. And other players, including Kristen Stewart, who was right there with her little ears poking out. Yeah. Um... I am actually a Cronenberg fan. I'm going to preface this by preface the whole review by saying that I do like most of um, Cronenberg's movies that I've seen. There are quite a few that I haven't. We won't go into that. 
Um, Which is your favorite? I'm probably going to respond with uh, Long Live the New Flesh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is definitely has that Cronenberg look to it. Okay. Like when you, you look at something... <clears throat> In the alien universe, it either does or it doesn't have that alien look to it. Um, this, you've got all the the gooiness, and you've got the. In fact, in the first ten minutes, I had actually the first eight minutes to be more specific. I had one moment where I went, "Damn!" and another <laughs> moment where, you know, frequent in a Cronenberg movie, I just went, "What the." F is that? <laughs> um, started out strong as far as I was concerned. Um, minor spoiler, but since it happens um, before the five minute mark, kid dies. Awesome. Kid gets murdered. Loved it. Okay, this is going to be a fun ride. We're getting. There's no dog, so the dog's not going to die, and we got a murdered kid. Let's go. Then we had the Viggo Mortensen the, the strapped kid into this weird. Probably had it coming. The kid probably had it coming. <laughs> there are some great lines right before the kid dies too. He's um, he's digging in the the sand right where the ocean meets the the land. Okay. And he's just kind of like digging with a, a big like a serving spoon, and he's just flipping the dirt over to one side, and uh, we assume it's his mom. Um, steps out onto the balcony and says, "Don't eat anything you find. <laughs> I don't care what it is." I'm like, "Okay, that's on brand. This is gonna be weird. I like it. I like it. Don't." The kid next scene starts. He's in the bathroom. He's mm-hmm. sitting on the towel floor. Starts eating the garbage can, just a plastic garbage can, taking huge oh, bites not, out of it, not the chowing stuff, down on the garbage can. Not this stuff. In the garbage can. No, just the actual the... can itself. Like, takes a chomp out of the rim and is like, this is yummy. And then he dies. His mom kills him. I'm like, okay. We see Vigo Morrison strapped, attached to this weird, like, clamshell-looking thing. But it's got those weird, like, part bone, part extraterrestrial-looking things that you see in so many um, Cronenberg films. And you're like... This is weird. This is weird. This is weird. It is weird. Yeah. Um, we've they... got people that are cutting each other in the streets. Okay. We soon learn that Vigo Mortison is um, one half of a duo. They are uh, uh, perform. His name is Saul in the film. Um, okay. They're performance artists, and he is growing new organs. As you know. As one does. Right. Just weird. Like, oh, the hormone balance is out. I'm growing a new organ. And they, like, stick a thing in him and they're looking at it. And uh, Now, does he have to water it every day? um, No, because fortunately for him, it's all in his abdomen. Until the performance of the evening where his uh, the other half of his um, performance team uh, uses a, what we later find out is a modified um, mortuary table automated with lots of claws and flippers and things that come over to cut the organ out in front of a live audience as you do. Yeah. And then it stitches them back up. 
So it sounds like this is just a standard week. Yeah. In, just, in just the life of Cronenberg. A normal trippy week for the director from the Great White North. Yeah. Some weird things that have happened. Um, people have stopped feeling pain, except for a rare few who feel pain in their sleep. And um, bacterial infection has disappeared. So we have a lot of body modification. We have um, one of the big themes that's kind of pervade throughout this is the opening of the body as a way of revealing yourself to people and trusting people that way. At uh, one point, the Kristen Stewart character actually says that um, surgery is the new sex. How how far in the future is this set? Like it doesn't specifically give okay. a date, but everything looks pretty fairly modernish. There isn't okay. a whole lot of tech that's not like Cronenberg tech. Right. Like we don't see any cars that are driving around. There are a lot of wrecks. Okay. But, um, on the seashore, there's like a uh, a turned over cruise ship. And there's a lot of rusted out um, buildings and factories, and, and we don't see anything moving around like airplanes or cars or anything, and, and no one's using cell phones. But there is all this weird stuff like the chair, the breakfast chair that you sit in that then moves you in different ways to help you digest your food properly. You've got the bed that he sleeps in, which um, kind of creates a thing where he feels like he's floating so he doesn't feel the pain that he does feel when he sleeps. There's that mortuary table that they've souped up to turn into a um, – that's what they use for their um, art exhibits. Okay. There's a lot of um, cutting and um, – there's um, there's some very there's nudity there's cutting there's a lot of body modification um, surgeons that have made like gills on people and there's one guy that is has a body covered in ears I'm actually surprised I haven't seen that come up as a still because that was the one that I kept seeing in the previews but um, after a while, it just started to feel like it was more, we're showing you weird stuff instead of having a substantive story. It There's sounds like the movie Society. Through it. it sounds like the movie Society to me. There was like no story, but it had these incredible visuals. But after a while, even the, you, you kind of become adjusted to the visuals okay it's like okay well i saw you know after you see an automated arm like go into vigo mortison's stomach and rip out an organ that's already been tattooed while it was in his stomach just having someone cut into another person's foot with uh, a curved blade doesn't really do anything it desensitizes you exactly You've got these themes that are running through it with the whole openness that I talked about and the sex and surgery, um, acceptance of body modification versus not accepting it, uh, a lot of things about uh, personal autonomy and control of the body. 
Um, there's a group that believes that these um, people that are growing the new organs are actually evolving into a different type of creature. The government wants to clamp down on that because, you know, we want the humans to be humans. We don't want people to start evolving into, like that kid did, be able to eat plastic. Um, they both kind of embrace um, Saul, the Vigo Mortensen character, because he's very open about how his body produces these organs, but then at the same time, he's taking them out and rejecting them, and he's not going along with this idea of evolution. It's a lot of undercurrents of betrayal and you know who can you trust and who can you not trust? Can you trust the government? Who's working for the government? Who do you think is working for the government and that isn't working for the government? And they're all there, but they're not nothing actually happens with them. Like I wish he had picked one or maybe two, but just one of them and kind of had that be the focus but when you've got all these various weird things that are um that we could be focusing on none of it really comes through there's no real through line through it the kid ends up being important again in the last 15 20 minutes of the movie but we saw him for two minutes in the very beginning and then he's just alluded to a couple of times then it's like oh okay well now we see what like that the whole thing with the kid's corpse should have been played through more, mm-hmm. I feel. Okay. The idea of um, people trying to figure out which side of this divide they fall on is, you know, is it important to stay a natural human or is it, you know, is evolving into something that that works better in the new environment? Is that a good thing or is that something that needs to be repressed? Uh it reminded me of there were bits of it that remind me of a lot of other films, including um, The Fly, uh, Dead Ringers, um, Hellraiser, even the X Men movies, to oh. some extent. Okay. And it doesn't do well by comparison. All of those had like one topic that they looked at, and it they played it through better than this one did. Okay. Um. You know the weird glottal noises that Kristen Stewart made in Twilight? Everyone always makes fun of her, like weird you know, gulps and, and okay. things like that with her head jerking. Right. She does that a little bit in this, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. If that bothered you, you are going to hate this movie because the Saul character has difficulty speaking and breathing at times and Viggo Mortensen spends a huge chunk of this movie either clearing his throat or coughing or just kind of talking like this and it is so distracting in the first half an hour and by like the one hour mark I was like just drop that stop it it's driving me crazy huh Okay. I really, really wanted to like this movie more than I did. Uh-oh. Well, it sounds like, and I'm no expert, but it sounds <laughs> like you might be leading me into I am, going I into am the grade. I am ready for your, your, your holiday grading. Okay. All right. I got the report card up on the screen. What are you going to nail this one with? 
Um, I'm going to give it a C, and that's mostly because of the visuals, and the acting was solid throughout. Um, Pretty much. I mean, there's maybe one or two things that were a little annoying, but I think everyone did their characters well. There are some scenes where people are just reacting to things that they're seeing. That I, I and even Kristen Stewart has one of them where she just looks completely appalled while someone else is completely enraptured by what's going on. And the way that was shot was done so well. Um, the gore visuals all look good. It's just like I said, after a while, it started to feel played out. As far as um, the story concepts and even the um, some of the characterization, just completely fell flat for me. All right. Well, thank you very much for that review. I uh, I think I'm going to be skipping that one. I don't like that body modification stuff. Yeah, I would definitely skip that one then. Yeah, I I think I saw one that the Soska sisters did. That, that had a lot of body modification. I was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I think it's Sarga, <laughs> the the woman from Ginger Snaps. Oh, this yes. is kind of Yeah, I know which one you mean. Yep. Yeah, I, I can't remember it, though. All right, Rich, it is your turn. Your turn in front of everybody. What movie are you going to be reviewing? Why did that happen? That's interesting. That wasn't supposed to happen. Let's try that again. There we go. Rich, what movie are you reviewing? Thought we were going to have to start all over for a second. No, not yet. Go ahead, Rich. I'm reviewing a movie called X. Um, And before I go on with this review, Tim, since uh, the audience probably doesn't know, you know, I'm driving right now, and I realize I don't have a charger, and I'm almost out of battery. So I'm going to probably leave this call and leave you guys be after I'm done with my review. Okay. So um, anyway, so X, uh, basically just uh, heard a little bit about it prior to it being free on whatever streaming service it was free on. So I decided to watch it. Okay. Um, I will start out by saying that a lot of people will be turned off by two things before they even attempt watching it. And one is the studio is a 24 and we know that, um, with some people that's a no go, uh, studio. And the other it's directed by Ty West who I'm normally, I like a 24, but I'm not a big Ty West fan, but I still gave it a shot. Okay. So on, um, not, um, it was it was kind of a period piece. It was set in the '70s in rural Texas, so um, definitely could tell that they were going for kind of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe with some uh, just how things looked and how the characters were dressed. So we start out with all of them traveling together in a vehicle um, on their way. We find out to film to make a film. Uh, stop at the convenience store, do the normal, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, just like all these Texas horror films seem to do. Nothing crazy goes down there, though, like unlike the other movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and whatnot. Right. But we find out that they are they are filming a porn film, and that's where the title X comes from, I guess. Um, the characters, and there's no, there's no real reason for me to name any of the actors or actresses' names because you've never heard of them. Um, maybe someday, <laughs> yeah, we'll look back and say that's where they got started. But they all kind of have their role. The director, you know, he's the um, 
uh, well, actually, he's more the producer. He's the cocky, um, cool dude. Um, the director, well, he's they they cross roles. He's the director and the cameraman. He's kind of the the film purist, and you know, he, this this porn film is going to be the next you know great piece of art. The girls that are going to be in the porn film are very attractive, and we do get to see some nudity. So. Hooray. I mean, I've got them one letter grade right there. Okay. Um, and then the main main actor, uh, main porn actor, he's, you know, he's your cool stud who apparently, according to the women, is very hung and, and very good at what he does, as you'll find out when you watch this film. So, anyway, so they establish it's a porn film, and we get to know these characters. Again, they all kind of fit generic roles. And they arrive at this um, farm farmhouse kind of that's what i really thought texas chainsaw massacre um they pull in and turns out that they rented a house on this land so that they could be secluded um and uh the the porn name by the way that they're filming is the farmer's daughter and the setting definitely does have a kind of a farm look okay. to it um we meet the owner of the house um older man very old and immediately there's some confrontation and you can just tell he's kind of a, um, not a very nice person. And he gives them a little pre-warning basically to not disturb his wife. This is where if you start talking too much, you, you, you start giving away bits of the film. But the long and short of it is they go to the, mo- to the house, start filming the pornography, take advantage of being in these people's land and and uh the fact that they're older and start using the barn and things of that nature places they shouldn't be um which gets observed by both the husband and wife eventually and we start to see find out why he didn't want her disturbed and um basically characters start meeting their demise okay and eventually we get to the end where you know somebody survives now I can't tell you if the porn actresses or the the owners of the land or who, but somebody does survive. So there you go. Now <laughs> E24 usually the knock on them, and I'm certainly one of them that knocks on them, is they get all pretentious and sometimes to the point where it's preachy or it's just it's not fun anymore. Or they just go completely bizarro land, and you're like, okay, are you going to come back to the story at all? Uh, does this fall into those foibles? No, I, I personally feel like this is probably um, their best entry into horror um, in the respect of them not doing those things that seem to alienate some people. It's just that they stay, stay on point with the story. Um, the um, it doesn't get wacky or goofy or unbelievable. It's it, everything's very believable, and um, yeah, it just like I said, it stays on point. So it's it's not like any other A twenty four film that I recall watching, and it was very refreshing. I, I like A twenty four films, but you know sometimes they make me think too much too, and I don't like uh, to think as we know. I honestly so. sat down to watch Bodies, 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 and the A twenty four came across the screen. And I stopped it and I, I walked away because I, I hated that here, there, everywhere movie so much. 
and heredity, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm not doing this to myself this time. So you're saying this one might be worth me giving a shot, huh? My personal opinion, if you're a person who likes horror films, and this this one's not going to change your life or be right. in your free rotation list, but yeah. if this doesn't cause you to sit there and say, well, I'm going to have to give A24 more of a chance in the future, then I, I don't think you're being open-minded with wow. your film watching. Right. Yeah. Well, Lord knows yeah. that's true anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, are you ready for grade? Yeah. Okay, let me get that set up. And what are you going to grade this thing? I would give it a B. A B. All right. So we're getting it better. It would have been a B minus, but then they gave me boobies, and it got a solid B. Okay, well, fantastic. We'll do that. And all right, well... Thank you, Rich. We uh, wish you well. I know you have to jump off here. And I'm going to take yeah, the... That reminds you why you shouldn't have me on the show. I, there are a lot of things that remind me of that, but thank you for reminding me once again. And well, Thank you for having me. All right. And thanks thanks so much. Okay, that Bye. brings me to my film. And I am going to be talking about the movie... Barbarian, which has been getting a lot of talk. A lot of people have been talking about this film. Um, and I think rightfully so. I'll, I'll lead things off that way. Uh, let's do the basics of the story. A, a young woman travels to Detroit, which, as you know, Mike, that's never a good idea. Hey, uh, hey, oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Some good things came from Detroit. I'm not one of them. But. Okay. <laughs> well, a young woman travels to Detroit for a job interview. She wants to be like a uh, assistant to a director of documentaries. And she arrives at her Airbnb, and it's a dark and stormy night. And she goes to the front door. And that thing you're always scared of happens. She finds out that the Airbnb was double booked. And there's a, a young man there. And her unexpected roommate, this male interloper, gives off a number of strange vibes. There's just a lot of them that you go, I don't know about this guy. He's he's that same clown that terrified us in it a few years back. Uh, <laughs> so um, it, it is the same actor that that played Pennywise. Uh, so you go through that for about thirty minutes of them just having this discussion, and you're like, "What is this building toward?" And it. It grows and it grows this story, and you're thinking, okay, this guy's a psychopath, something's going to happen between these two. Then uh, I think she leaves for her job interview. When she comes back, he's not there, and she needs a roll of toilet paper, and it's at the bottom of the stairs. So she goes down, and the door closes on her, and she's locked in the basement 
And she doesn't have her phone. She doesn't have, you know, and she's just kind of stuck down there. Uh, she eventually gets out because the, the guy comes back. And she had discovered some things down there. And she says, you know, there's, there's some creepy stuff here. I'm going to get out of here. And he goes, well, let me look. So he goes down to look. And you don't really see him anymore. And I'm going to kind of hold off giving you additional information about that storyline. Uh, because it starts going down some roads in a hurry. So like the first, I would say the first 20, 30 minutes, the whole time, it, it's kind of like that uh, that story you always get about Alfred Hitchcock talking about suspense where mm -hmm. they, they showed a guy put a bomb underneath the table and these guys are just talking about uh, baseball and you're like, get out of there, there's a bomb ready to go up. It's kind of like that without the bomb. Uh, you don't really know, you don't you know something is wrong. You just, it, there's a vibe, but you don't really, you don't know what exactly is wrong. You don't know, maybe it's the young woman is wrong. She she seems a little weird. You know, so there's there's a lot of stuff, but it, it is pretty solidly behind the young woman. Anyway, this movie reminds me structurally of a great old movie called Sleuth. I don't know if you know that movie. Yes. But that movie turns the tables on the audience, like, what, three, four times where you're like, yeah. Well, the movie's going this direction, and then, oh, yeah, we're going over here. And, and that happens a couple of times in here. Uh, now, one of the things I like is how slowly they built where they were. Because at first, you're just inside the Airbnb. It looks like a normal house. You're not really worried. But there's a couple comments that the, the young man makes that you go, Oh, maybe this isn't a great place because he's talking about, you know, you came in the dark. It's kind of a sketchy neighborhood. I don't know if you had a chance to look around, but it's pretty bad. Well, by the time it's daytime and she looks out the window, yeah, it's freaking horrible. It looks like Hell Knight came through there and then never bothered cleaning up. I mean, it's burnt out shells and buildings. It's a horrible slum. Um, Then they... they do some time traveling in here where all of a sudden you're back in the 80s and you get to see Richard Brake. Uh, it, has a, it has a section in the film. And hmm. we also see that the owner of the Airbnb is Justin Long, who I think is a really underrated actor. I, I loved him uh, in a couple of different things that he's been in. Uh, particularly on television, but he was also in Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. And when I found out he was in this film, I'm like, he does being horrified better than almost anyone. I, w I would put him up there with uh, the little boy in Poltergeist. I mean, when that little boy is being attacked by the tree and, uh, and the clown doll... You really feel sorry for him. You know, that kid really draws you in. Justin Long has that ability where you just kind of, 
you, you kind of think, oh, this, this warm, cuddly guy, you know, I want to help him out. Now, here's what's weird. They decided to, to hire Justin Long for that reason. I'm, I'm solidly sure that the reason they got him is because he is somebody that people just like and he, he gives off, I, I hate the term, but gravitas or charisma, you know, that, that you just want to like him. But his character is almost like a Weinstein type character. He's a he's a Hollywood director or producer. I'm, I think he was a director, and uh, he had inappropriate relations with his leading lady, and that's what kicks off his story as to why he goes to the Airbnb. And you know, at first you're kind of like you're in because it's Justin Long. You're like, oh, this this woman must have made all this stuff up. And as it, just like in the first sequence in the movie where it's the young woman kind of feeling out what is this other guy that that got double booked in the Airbnb? What is he all about? The sequences with Justin Long, you're kind of like. Okay, is he the nice guy he seems like he is? Or is there something darker there? And really, they have to start beating you over the head because Justin Long has so much charm. Uh, they really have to beat you over the head before you start realizing, you know, well, maybe he's not such a great guy. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. This movie, it starts off very slow, and I know the way that I described it. It kind of sounds like, oh, it sounds like a yawn fest. <laughs> but when it, it, it kind of, there, there's this, I will tell you, the first 10 minutes, you are, like, wanting to throw stuff at the screen and say, can we get moving here? Can something happen? But once they start descending the stairs... And it's, it's almost like a, a subliminal or a symbolic thing. They go down the stairs, and that's when things start to go bad. Once that starts to happen, the pace of the film speeds up uh, monumentally. You know, like in the... In the I, and I noticed this even while I was watching it. In that first sequence, a lot of long takes pauses between the lines you know it was very very drawn out once they start going down the stairs that that pace starts speeding up and things start occurring and the pressure starts going and by the time you get to the justin long thing things are already kind of clicking along clicking along clicking along and now you're kind of waiting for him to get caught up to where the other storyline was and get him in that basement. That's all. You're like, get in the basement. Justin, go in the basement. We want to find out what's <laughs> going on in the basement. Let's get him in the basement. And you don't know, and I'm not going to tell you clearly, uh, when the Justin Long thing happens. Is this before the sequence we saw at the beginning of the movie? Is it after? Is it during? You don't know. And I'm not going to tell you, because that's part of the fun of, uh, and I don't want to spoil the movie, but I want to tell you enough that you're interested in this film, because I honestly think, uh, you know, uh, Richard just said moments ago, 
Well, this movie X, it might be one of those movies you watch it once and that's probably it. You're not going to put this on a revisit list or uh, watch it on a regular basis. I can see this movie getting revisited uh, mm. by me. Uh, I think it was pretty darn good. Uh, it is available all over the place by now. Uh, it is not, it's not like free available with Prime Video, but you can dial it up uh, for relatively inexpensive. The price did go down quite a bit after a little thing called Halloween. And uh, <laughs> they figured, oh, okay, now, now we'll let everybody see this for a reasonable price. Um, it is a good little scary flick. This is a movie that is going to affect people uh, you know, when they see it. So uh, I, I think it's, it's worthy of your time. And that's why I'm going to grade it an A minus. Wow. I'm giving it an A minus. I I thought they did an exceptional job. Um I think they should be uh in, commended I, on the quality of this film because it it really is fun. The the acting is good, the story is good, the pacing like I say and that's what I'm really interested in. When I watch this movie a second time and I know where it's going, is that first scene going to drive me even more crazy? <laughs> uh, is it going to speed up the the velocity of, of that sequence? How is that all going to work together? That's going to be interesting. So I, I can't wait. I do recommend this movie strongly. I, I will tell you, if you're a, a little wimp and, you know, you're not into horror movies, this is not your one. Uh, it's got a fair amount. I don't know that it's got a lot of gore, but it's got some very disturbing imagery. And it is extremely intense. I, I would say this is a movie where I literally had to change my T-shirt afterwards because I was sweating. Uh, nice. Watching, watching those main characters. Uh, you know, that's what you want from a horror film. You don't necessarily need to be scared, but you want to feel like you're engaged with it. You want to feel for those characters. And no point did I think a character was going to jump out of the screen and start stabbing me. You know, th th that's not what I'm worried about. But I really went along for the ride. I enjoyed it a great deal. And I, I hope other people go out and check this one out. Um, I think this is a relatively young uh, filmmaker that actually was one of the main guys uh, behind the Whitest Boys, you know, the uh, oh really uh, the comedy troupe. Yeah, and uh, it seems like these days you got to get a comedian to to do horror <laughs> films in, in Hollywood these days, but. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. I think people should give it a shot and uh, try it out very soon. Barbarian 2022, available on most streaming platforms. So give it a shot. All I right. Well, we... I have to say, when you said um, 
that it was happening in Detroit, and the moment you said clown, I immediately thought there was going to be an insane clown posse concert outside her window or something. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, there is remarkably little that happens outside this. Well, I'm not going to say anymore. Uh, it, it's a movie you should check out, and uh, I, I really do think you'll appreciate it. Uh, even though it's been made relatively recently, uh, we know that that's something against your your brain. Uh, okay, it is time to do the uh, hopeless hawking of what's going on out there. Uh, otherworldlyculture.com continues to go. This is the last dead on movie reviews of this season, and uh, the, the oh, final. Oh. I know, I know. But uh, we'll be coming back next season whenever we figure out when that's going to be. Uh, <laughs> let's see. i got to hit this one and this one. Uh, you can check out Michael at thedragonsroost.net. And you have anything new there that we want to tell people about? Um, actually, we're in the last couple days of our Kickstarter for the uh, upcoming anthology. So... Get in there by Friday. You have some great um, merch that you can get books, ebooks, t shirts, all kinds of good stuff. And the uh, book itself is called Lolcraft, a compendium of eldritch horror. We've got almost 100,000 words of great short fiction, uh, 33 short stories, and it will be out in a couple of weeks. Fantastic. And uh, let's see if I hit that one. There we go. And I want to remind everybody that coming up on Thursday, we have our final inning of Dead on the Bases. Uh, Jeff and I are literally neck to neck going into the last inning. So it's actually going to be interesting to see who wins this season on Dead on the Bases. We will be reviewing the films Alien. And the natural. To me, it sounds like a one-sided fight, but we'll uh, see how that all goes down coming up Thursday on Dead on the Bases. And want to put up the clock there, of course, 186 days until Horror Realm. And uh, Rich isn't on the line, so I'm going to do my best here. There's a lot of great guests coming out this year to the event coming up in March of 2023, including Darcy DeMoss and David Thornton from the Terrifier films, uh, awesome Scream Queen Linnea Quigley, Richard Maser from The Thing, Robert Kurtzman, um, makeup artist, Tom Fridley from, uh, and uh, Brittany Mirabile, she's, she's from uh, one of the Purges, C.J. Graham, one of the past... Jason's and Damien Leone. He's the director of Terrifier. So a lot, a lot of great uh, guests that have been named already coming out to Horror Realm in Pittsburgh, March third through the fifth of twenty twenty three. Uh, hotel rooms are actually kind of reasonably priced, which uh, isn't always the case when you go to uh, conventions. So give it a chance if. If you haven't gone to conventions before, it is a good one to get started with. It's more of a family type of show, um, even though it would have to be a pretty sick family. 
Uh, but, I don't know. There were these weird guys in the the outside hallway that I saw there. Hey, we might get inside the. <laughs> we might get inside this time. We're we're gonna try sneaking in. Uh, so we're we're gonna give that a shot. It, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and uh, I I hope that everybody can join us out there. Okay, let's see. I have this whole closing spiel I got to read, too. So, anyway, want to thank everybody. You can check us out on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Um, we have the upcoming Dead on the Bases coming up on Thursday. In the off season, there are going to be some um, reviews and, and things that will come up on a sporadic basis just just so that you keep checking out the website uh, as we're in the off season and then we'll announce when the next season comes i uh, should also mention that all of our podcasts recently made it over to spotify we're now on spotify so if that is your podcatcher of choice you can now use that app to listen to all of our programs. We have one feed that has all the shows that we do. We have a separate feed for Dead On Movie Reviews, Dead On The Bases, Horror Realm Radio, uh, all that stuff. So give it a try. I think you'll have a great time with it. And then you don't have to look at us when it's when it's an audio <laughs> podcast. That's like a bonus. All right. I want to thank everybody one more time while I kind of serendipitously click buttons over here and i want to remind you to have a fun and safe holiday season hope you have a great thanksgiving and thanks to you michael for joining us on so many of the shows this season thanks been, for having me it's always a great time Just, and, yeah despite how the movie ends up <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's great getting to know you better and uh this has been a lot of fun this season so we hope you stick around for many more. All right. So when you aim at horror, make sure your aim is dead on. See you next time. Otherworldlyculture.com. <laughs> Ha 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 